Hi, welcome to my podcast for Property Beginners. I'm your host, Lenka, and in this talk show, I'll be taking you through some fascinating journeys, which hopefully will help you to achieve your property goals. Great. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, my beautiful listeners, and welcome to another episode of How Did You Show? Uh, today, I'm coming to you with a very special guest, someone who is inspiring many people on a many different levels, someone who for many doesn't even need introductions. Um, she made uh, absolutely massive success in a very short period of time, as well as being a mother of three beautiful children and two lovely puppies. She's also a fellow podcaster and her podcast attracted some phenomenal guests, property investor, one and only Ellie McKay. Hi Ellie and welcome on the show. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> so, so, so happy you said yes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a really, real honor to have you today here. Oh, I really appreciate that. My pleasure. <laughs> Super excited. So Ellie, as I said, this, um, not, there's loads of people, loads and loads of people know who you are. You don't need an introduction in them for, for, for many. But for those who don't know who Ellie is, can you, can you tell us a little bit more about who is Ellie McKay? Who is Ellie Mackay? Wow. Yeah. So, so where it's a Mackay. I'm very sorry. <laughs> oh, it's, it's okay. I mean, I think everybody mispronounces it. Unless you live in Scotland, like everyone mispronounces it. So really? So it's right. <laughs> Ellie Mackay <laughs> today. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. Um, so... Yeah, what a lot of people don't actually realise is my, my husband Mark and I, um, we actually started investing in property back in um, 2006. We were very young and full of the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and this is a, an absolutely true story, Linka. We actually sat there. I say we, it was Mark. I blame Mark entirely for this disaster. There, there, there's no accountability on my part whatsoever here. But uh, we, we did um, the proverbial, we, we sat and Googled um, Get Rich Quick. So, yeah, I mean, what, what can possibly go wrong? Um, it was literally <laughs> up between stocks and shares and property. Um, we allowed ourselves to be sold a dream. We bought an off-plan development. Um, a few things didn't go in our favour. The site got flooded. It was uh, postponed a couple of years. And unfortunately, by the time the, the apartments were complete, we were smack bang in the middle of the recession. So um, a property that we'd purchased for 125 grand, which for a young couple in their early 20s was quite a lot of money, it was due to, you know, it was forecast to be worth around 195. And this was back in the days where you could buy a property and refinance it in the same day. So, you know, we, we, this was going to be the start of us, the gateway to us making our millions. Um, the sad reality of it was that by the time it was um, developed, it was worth 60 grand. Um, we struggled to meet our contractual obligations. Um, I think we had, I think, three or four months to raise £40,000 in capital. Otherwise, they were going to come after our assets. Um, and when I say assets, I'm talking about, like, a, I think it was a second-hand um, Volkswagen Polo or whatever I had at the time and a, a house that was probably worth about 80 grand. But but that that's what they were they were threatening us with. Very um, And Yeah, I mean, it, it was really, really stressful and... And actually, we withdrew from property completely at that point. I became very risk averse. Um, and uh, my husband went to, to then um, 
grow his electrical business, which was the start of the combined group of companies was born. But for my part, I just wanted to retreat to the, the comfort and security of a nine to five. I wanted to know um, what, when I was getting paid, what to know, how much I was getting paid. I became super risk averse. And um, if, if I'm being perfectly honest, the whole experience had a, a very detrimental effect on my mental health. Um, I, I had, um, what I suppose you could class as a bit of a breakdown. I was signed off work with depression and anxiety at the time. It became very difficult to function. Um, so yeah, it was, um, it was a baptism of fire. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what a background story, for, especially for those who don't know, because you know when you're seeing what you're achieving now, isn't that amazing how it's not the, the, the journey, it's not always easy. I mean, the beginning, sorry, especially the beginning, it's not always easy. And as everybody has some, so many different backgrounds and so many different stories to come with. So in 2006, did you already have ch uh, your children as well? How old are your children? No, so, uh, by the, like I say, by the time the development was finished, it was, it was 2010. Um, our eldest, Sienna, was born in 2012. So this nice. was... That was your experience prior to having children. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mentioned my husband had went on to go and build our electrical business and we'd had quite a lot of success actually with that alongside our, our other business partner. But then, you know, and, and the road to success is never a, a straight path. And I, I, I like to share the highs as well as the lows. And, and that's in present tense as well, because I will never come up, come at something as, um, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm talking with a relative amount of authority now on property because of the success we've had, but we still have these challenges and I think it, it's fair to, I think once you've got a bit of a, a public profile or a, of a following, it's, um, it's hugely important to me to represent a, a accurate reality as opposed to the rainbows and unicorns that we sometimes see on social media. So, yeah, 2016, we... Um, we were in the cusp of bankruptcy with our business. A national contractor went under owing us a significant amount of money. Um, we had 18 staff at the time working for us. Uh, we took out a bank loan to pay them. We knew that we weren't going to get paid at that point, and that decision could potentially fold our business. Um, we hung on in there with a thread. And that, the, the reason I share that with the, the listeners, because although it's not property-specific, we, it, it was a bit of a light bulb moment in terms of the, the trajectory that we are now on. Because my husband was a, he's an electrician by trade. And um, we, we had a, a very serious conversation about whether he just goes back to earning 60, 70 grand a year as a, a sole trader. He, he's always been able to command a, a, a quite a good salary within, you know, within the realms of what trades people um, can achieve. And without any of the hassle, without any of the, the headache, because we were still saddled with a lot of debt. We've only just cleared all of that debt from, from that business um, because the, the debt just kept, kept on coming, kept on coming. And um, we, we sat there and we redefined what success looked like to us. It was like one of those Hollywood moments. It's like, if we're going to continue to do this, then you know we, we've got this saying on our office wall now and i repeat i repeat it um almost daily we've not come this far to only come this far we've been through too much stress we've been through too much unless some of your listeners might resonate with this sadly there's a lot of businesses that are struggling because of the pandemic and and, and things like that but it's um yeah it's it's, in fact, I did a post about this this morning, Link. It's sometimes in life, it's not about how hard you, you get hit. It's, you know, it's 
your ability to be able to get back up and keep pushing forward regardless of what you're going for. Oh, you've got it. I love that. That's amazing. He's so true. Rocky Balboa is arguably the best philosopher of our time. Forget your Gandhis and your Martin Luther Kings. This man knew his shit, you know? Because this is business. This is life. This is challenges. It's curveball after curveball. And, you know, I know that we'll probably get into the strategy and how we've raised the finance and things like that. And, and, and that's absolutely cool. But, but for me, this whole stuff around the mindset is just super, super important. So, you know, we had this defining moment in 2016 we thought we've not been through the the, the pain and you know like I was just saying there there's a lot of people out there that are struggling at the moment and you know unless you've went through something like that where you're getting you're responding to emails at two in the morning you're waking up with heart palpitations you're worried about your family home getting taken off you you don't know how you're going to be able to meet your um, minimal financial obligations people will say oh money doesn't make you happy and, and you know what to an extent I agree with that because if the foundations aren't in place then of course you're papering over the cracks mm -hmm. but as someone who's experienced financial difficulty on more than one occasion um, I can say that um living in that state of fear and anxiety and depression, you know, it's, it's not a great place to be. And I share that story. This isn't some rags to riches story, but I, I, I feel like having those attributes of, of, of being able to, to share your truth is something that's hugely powerful. Um, and, and that's why I speak about it so openly. That is so, it's so beautiful that you do as well, Ellie, because it's, this is what, these are the stories which shows people who are about to give up and loads of people do give up after first difficult, you know, situation or after second difficult situation, they go like, no, I can't do this anymore. Uh, it's, it's too difficult. Every time I try, every time I have a good day, then I get five bad days and they give up. And it's like listening to stories like yours. These are the examples. It's like, no, just don't give up. If you know what you want, as like, or sometimes you need to maybe pivot. Sometimes you might need to um, adjust your idea or your or your or the or the way you're going or the path, etc. But uh, but if you really have certain goal and if you really want to go for it, just go for it, no matter what. And you 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 sharing this story, it's just an inspiration, huge inspiration. Well, so, I mean, the other, for transparency, after this light bulb moment, that, that definitely was a defining moment for us. But that was, that was not it for us then. That was not like, right, brilliant, let's start printing money. No, 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 no. You know, we had further fallout. Life chucked us so many more curveballs after that. You know, we lost Mark's dad very suddenly to cancer. That completely um, blindsided us. Um, what I didn't mention was during that stressful period, I was heavily pregnant. Um, I was in hospital throughout the majority of my pregnancy due to, to several complications or I was in bed. It was, it was a really challenging time. And after our daughter, our beautiful daughter Isabella was born in the midst of all this chaos, um, we were very happy with, with our, our little family. Our family was complete. I was struggling massively with postnatal depression and my, my husband my husband Mark was actually booked in for the SNP on the Monday the Friday before um, we got the news that I was expecting again with our, oh third, our, our third little miracle baby um, my, my beautiful son who's now four so we didn't just make this decision and then let the path light up no yeah. no no That's we got a few more times and you know I then went through the postnatal depression again with Sam it was it was very challenging um, I got made redundant I worked in the prisons I was a careers advisor I got made redundant when I was on maternity leave and I actually found myself in a situation where I was claiming job seekers allowance 
I was claiming job seekers. I was pushing my double push chair into that job centre. You know, I'd previously been in high performance roles. I'd been a sales manager. At one point, I had a hundred staff working, um, you know, working for me. Um, and then I found myself in the really um, shameful situation where I was going cap in hand to receive my benefits. And um, I, I share that. That's my truth. Um, and that was. That was just over three years ago. We've now got um, three successful businesses. Um, I've got you know, a podcast that's attracted some of the best speakers in the world. We've raised millions of pounds in private investment. And we've got our, our personal property portfolio, which is worth over three million pounds. And that was from a standing start. I used that redundancy money, that £7,000 that I got from a previous employer, um, and I invested every last penny of that into my property education. And, you know, that, that was the, the catalyst for change for us. Wow. What a story. And even now you said it. So you were, you were, you were made redundant. You, you, were, you were on the benefits. And you still, you had, your, you had the last money you had, you, you put on education. That shows yeah. as well how important it is to educate yourself. That's incredible. So you were, so you, 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 you educated yourself before you started to invest, before you started raising money, or during, yeah. or when did you find out that right? I need to help. <laughs> I need to educate myself. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, it was all very law of attraction how it came about. I had no intentions of getting into property. Um, I had, um, because, I, uh, because of the nature of my back-to-back -back pregnancies, I'd actually been out of employment for quite a long time before the point of being made redundant. And to be honest with you, it was, um, the, the cogs were going. I knew I was capable of more. I mentioned I'd been in high-performance jobs. That was many, many moons prior. But I always had this, um, even though I had no self-confidence, I had very little self-worth, I was struggling with anxiety and depression, um, and, and, and sometimes it was a case of actually having panic attacks before I left my house. I also had, uh, deep down, I knew, I had some sort of inner grit, I knew that I was capable of more, I knew that I was destined for great things should I be willing to to kind of work on myself. Right. I didn't really know, this is quite ironic because I'm a level six careers advisor, but I didn't think, I didn't see any transferable skills in myself. I didn't want to go back to working in the sales environment. I didn't particularly want to be an employee anymore because I was sick of taking orders from people that quite frankly were incompetent. I was sick of being a cog and in a- Make your abandoned anytime they want. <laughs> Yeah, I just, you know, I, I knew I was capable of more than that, but I didn't know how that was going to fit. I thought, well, can I, can I slot into the electrical business? Is there something I could do there? Um, and then somebody we actually knew had done some property training and they were already hugely successful in their field. They, um, they've got a massively successful construction company. They've been out in Dubai, um, you know, building skyscrapers and things like that. And when they came back from this training, their mind was absolutely blown at the opportunity that was available through doing property. But it was in a way that we'd never heard of, you know, raising other people's money and all, all of this kind of thing. It was a completely alien concept to me. Mm. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I was still pretty risk averse from, from eight years previously. And it was actually my husband and our business partner that were due to go on the training because I, it wasn't for people like me. Uh, and actually, I was uh, watching a Facebook video of one of the guys that does the training. And it was a lot of talk on the mindset and talking about Tony Robbins. If something's humanly possible, then it's within your reach. And it kind of, because I've been into personal development many years before, but as my life started to nosedive, 
I, I disassociated, disassociated, disassociated myself from that world. I just thought it was a load of woo-woo, happy, clappy American bollocks, if I could be quite frank. It wasn't for people like me. It was a load of bullshit. Uh, and then starting to get back into this world of, of realising that actually I'm, I'm the captain of my own ship. Um, and daring to believe again, that passion becoming reignited, that, that was the most powerful thing for me. So I got in touch with them and said, look, can, can I come on this training, which of course, you know, um, is available to, 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 to anyone who's willing to put the work in. And um, yeah, the, the rest is kind of history. Uh, we did the training and then within four days, we bought two properties, no money down. We raised the prices, we bought two properties. And we just didn't look back. And we refused to be judged by the limitations of other people then. We refuse to be judged by their limitations now. And that's our mantra. Wow. Wow. That's absolutely incredible. If you were next to me microphone, I'll just clap like Tony Robbins does. <laughs> oh wow. Ellie, that's absolutely incredible. And so you so you said that you went for training and is that a training you, you as you said because you never heard of for example the way of uh, that you can invest in property raising somebody else's finance. So I, I take I take it as a, was that your training, how to raise finance? Is that what was your that's how you got back in the property? So I, I mean, one of the best pieces of advice, uh, of advice that I was given on day one of the property training, because it was quite a holistic training. We started off with the mindset. It was how you source the properties, how you structure the deals, the numbers, the, the refurb and everything else. But one of my mentors, who's now became a very good friend of mine, said that you're a marketer first and everything else second. And this is something I'm hugely passionate about and, and talk about all the time because you know, if people don't know who you are, then they can't do business with you. So by um, by developing a bit of a public profile, um, I found that I, again, I, I sort of dispelled a lot of the common uh, misconceptions around raising finance because a lot of people starting out in property think you need to have a track record or, uh, but I, I can just say that we didn't have a track record. We didn't have anything to shout about, but we were able to communicate our knowledge, our values, our ethics. Um, we, we did it in a slightly different way. You know, I started just talking about the real life struggles of running multiple businesses when you've got three young children and trying to be a present parent and the entrepreneurial roller coaster. And uh, people just bought into it because of the, the authenticity. And we realized that actually it's not difficult to raise finance. And, and I suppose that's, really what I specialize in. Um, I'm not that operational in terms of the property stuff. We have teams now, we have project managers, you know, we have a we have an ops manager, we've got we have we have joiners, we have we have a we have that construction element sorted. But my husband um, he's the one who oversees that. Whereas I tend to be the one that um, gets out there through my social media in person events. I do a lot of public speaking um, and uh, organic result of that is that people want to work specifically with us because let, let's be honest you know we, we pretend to work on a fixed return basis for our clients now I think the, the interest rates are like 0.01 percent uh, but ultimately there's a lot of people out there doing what we are doing so what's your unique selling point well of course you need to be shit hot at what you do okay you absolutely need to demonstrate your knowledge and and things like that but ultimately people buy from people. So what sets us apart from the other 50 billion property investors that are out there trying to raise finance? Well, being us, nobody can do us as well as we can do us. And you know, I'm a great believer that if you put out your authentic vibe, you attract the right tribe. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that, Ellie. And as you said, just staying yourself is the most important thing. And as you, you just, uh, what's the English expression? Nailed it on, uh, you nailed it on the nail? Nailed it on the head. Nailed it on the head. <laughs> <laughs> on that, when you said that, uh, you know, the property is about people and the people buy from people. And if you are not real, if you don't show the world who you are, how people can say, that, I want to work with you if they don't really know you. <laughs> so yeah, it's very, very important and to, to create that, um, uh, a personal brand isn't it it's the personal brand really you're creating so it's like so you and your husband is a mark isn't it you are yeah. you are a team you are a team but you are the face of a company so you are the mainly the person who is doing the social media etc isn't it because i don't really see mark that often <laughs> well, he's too busy um, he, i mean he likes his spreadsheets he likes his data he likes to oversee you know what, what's going on in site and coordinate the other different elements of the business and uh, you know he's the one who deals with the architects and the, the QSEs and, and all of that side of things yeah. so he's really happy for me to do that and it, it's quite interesting because I used to kind of shy away from that um, in the early days uh, because I, I perhaps didn't if I'm being honest I didn't recognize the value that I was bringing to the business a lot of there's still a lot of um, snobbery around building a brand and things like that and I, I, a lot of people and I've been challenged on this you know it's like Mark does the real work it's like well there, there wouldn't really be the reality is there wouldn't be any real work if I wasn't out there raising millions of pounds in private investment there would be no operations to um, okay. coordinate absolutely that's the thing isn't it that it's really easy for some to see you see that and it's like hold on what are you doing it's like I'm the one who actually brings the millions to run these projects. <laughs> yeah, so you are a really good team then. And you know, if, if, you, if you're both doing what, whatever you, like which each of you is good at and what makes you happy and what, you know, what, what genuinely you're excited to do, like for example, you speaking with people, raising the money, he's there with his spreadsheets, happy days. That's, that's exactly how right team should be. Because if you have a team where everybody doing the same thing, Who's gonna do the rest? <laughs> so that's that's really good. So so you've been so you 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 created a amazing a profile on on the social media. Um, is that you, have you been doing that yourself from the beginning, or had, did you have the help like a VAs or PAs or because uh, it, it is quite it can be overwhelming. You know, social media you have different platforms, you have children. So how did you how did you balance all that, or when did you when did you start outsourcing that sort of help? So, so I don't outsource it. We do have a marketing department now, but the, the content I put out there is, is myself. Yes, yeah, so I've, I've got people that help with the, the video editing and putting the, the frames and things like that together. But a little bit of advice I give people. So, so uh, social media is not comfortable for a lot of people. That was the same for me. You know, and again, this is one of the reasons why I shared at the start about the anxiety and depression and the low self-confidence. Because I've got quite a... A, a, well, a reasonable size um, social media following now, and I'm you know getting opportunities to to speak on stage with the likes of Ed Milet and things like that. Like it's, it's absolutely how insane, how, like how far it's come in such a short space of time. But it was only three years ago. I was spending best part of a day up like taking takes for a ninety second video for LinkedIn. I was doing take after take after take after take. But I think it was. People treat social media as an inconvenience or a bolt-on to the real work. 
but then they want then they come to me and they're like i want to replicate the results that you've got and it's like okay well i treated social media as a job i gave it the respect it deserves and back in the early days i put a lot more attention on it to build that brand you know i was i was posting two and three times a day uh, whereas now you know i tend to to post a little bit uh, i tried to post more when i'm inspired but at the start if you want to dominate people's headspace you've got to be quite prolific and you you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and so many people just want the quick step solution well we, we've done all that right okay I've, I've got a marketing team we've done the content planner we've tried scheduling the posts we tried to have a bit of a structure like okay so on monday we'll do i'll put a personal brand photo out i'll put some written copy with that tuesday we'll post a project update wednesday we'll do we'll, we'll do a motivational quote thursday we'll do this and, and i know that works for a lot of people and there's a people that are actually a lot more successful than me that, that advocate that but all i can say is that isn't the style that we've adopted mm -hmm. i i just post when i've got something to say and now i'm very much going for for quality over quantity um and and it works but what it means is that i i mean i i am the brand i find it very difficult to outsource the brand mm -hmm. um so you know in a world where we're constantly looking at life leveraging and conducting the orchestra making sure we have the right specialisms in place no one can be you as well as you know no one can be you as well as, as you are for yourself and i used uh with linkedin which is my, my primary platform for raising finance i, I tried I, I used a company that i've got a lot of time and respect for really like the sort of content that they put out there and um i was paying them to be me and we, it lasted a month because i was just finding when i was getting the post sent back to me i was just rewording them all i was like that doesn't really reflect me and actually it was kind of defeating the point um because it, it just I think there was a disconnect there mm -hmm. and I think the reason that we've had the success that we've had is been because of the authenticity element of it and I appreciate as we continue to scale and the opportunities come in that might that might be you know something that we've got to review and um, like I don't have time to respond to all the comments and things like that now but um, yeah all I can say is in business, we talk about the £10 in our tasks, £100 in our tasks, and the £1,000 in our tasks. And as a company leader or a director, uh, you should really only be focusing on the £1,000 in our tasks and leveraging the, you know, everything underneath. I why income generating tasks for those who live in Brazil. <laughs> it is, but it's how we perceive those tasks because me doing a social media post that's a thousand pound an hour task all day long. If you look that in one calendar year, we raised four million pounds just from LinkedIn, just from one platform through written copy or video content that was putting out there without having a great deal of um, calls to actions, by the way, people direct messaging me asking for opportunities to come and work for us. So yeah, I think it's about giving social media the respect it deserves and appreciating it as a thousand pound an hour task. I love that. I, you know what? I actually have not been thinking about social media as a full-time job 
and the way how you've explained it now it even clicked even more like it really really helped that that piece of um information you just said it really really just you know when you just get a light bulb moments like aha i missed that bit because i've been building for example the personal brand and uh, so i know exactly what you mean i'm, I'm in a very different level of the uh, and stage of um, my my uh, my journey in a, in, a, in in property however i i started to um interview people to help me out a little bit uh, with the exactly what you just said with the with so I, I, now i know that my igts could be something else so i need to start outsourcing but what i want to say is that uh, i've been outsourcing some vas and some um social media managers and everybody asked me if i want them to write me content and i said no it's exactly as you said it's because length property it's about length property is just yeah yeah there could be length development length anything but it's the length so the brand is about me so so that is beautiful what you said is that keep yourself it's like no one can be you and um yeah so so i was very very strict so it's really really good way that you said that as well i was like yeah i'm very pleased that i got strict with that <laughs> it's like no i'll stay length be length <laughs> and, and like you just said there like with your your igtv and things like that you know for, for transparency we, we do have a team of people that are there repurposing my content if we do like an interview like this they're um, they, they're, they're stripping it down into chunks for me. I've got short clips I'll do for my Instagram reels. It's all getting edited, put together. It's all made nice and shiny and things like that. So absolutely, there are things that you can outsource and get support with. But in terms of the written copy or the video content or, you know, if we're talking about other platforms, audio platforms like Clubhouse or, or the other equivalents are popping up now, you can't outsource yourself. Mm. And it takes, it takes, and these, these sort of things is the, yes, individually, it takes five minutes, two minutes, five minutes, two minutes, 10 minutes. But then when you add them together, this is when you lose a day. And exactly what you just said, no, if, if you know that you, by making a really good post, you can attract investors, why would you keep losing that time, five, 10, five, 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes, all week long on the tiny things, if you can make more money by doing something else? Brilliant, Absolutely. brilliant. <laughs> you got a very, very, very strong mindset as well, Ellie. You work, you work on your mindset as well as everything else. So, so because I believe as well that so when you're building a business or brand, mindset is also as important, isn't it? It's the, uh, it starts actually there. So, where, have you been um, reading any books, or what is it? What helped you to? Because uh, I know that you love reading, you love following people, you are getting educated. What is it? Your, what, what is it that started? Do you don't know if you do, do you know do you know what I'm trying to ask? <laughs> is that what what's that shifting? If that makes sense, like what was that that, that sort of things like right? That is I need to do like read this. So, I mean, it, it's it's like uh, mindset. It's just like um, going to the gym. So yeah, my, my mindset is uh, definitely a lot more evolved than it used to be. But I'm just the same as everyone else. I don't always take my own advice. And, um, you know, if you do not use that muscle regularly and if you don't feed it with the right things and you don't nourish it, then, you know, it, it's very interesting how quickly things can come unstuck. And that, that's something that we, it's a continual battle for absolutely everybody. It's something that, that I like to, to be transparent about. But I, I mentioned um, that three years ago, it was a bit of a struggle sometimes even leaving the house. So, so clearly I've evolved quite a long way from there. And again, one of my mentors said something to me at the start of my journey that really um, it resonated in a very deep level. 
And it was a story that I, I talk about quite a lot. And it was a, a guy called Darren Hardy, who, not sure if he still is, but he was the editor of Success Magazine. He wrote um, The Compound Effect and some other really um, amazing books. But he went to his mentor, a guy called Jim Rowan, and he said, Jim, um, he, he turned a 40 pages, this is a true story, um, a 40 page front and back list describing his perfect woman. Um, every attribute, um, every detail in, in terms of her culture, uh, how she looked, how she presented herself, her mannerisms, everything in minute detail. And he said to Jim, how do I go about attracting a woman like this into my life? And Jim said, you know, Darren, you're asking the wrong question. The question that you need to ask yourself is, who do I need to become to be worthy of attracting a woman like that into to my life? And nice. all, of, all of the attributes that he'd listed, he scored himself on those. And he thought, you know, and then he went to work on becoming that person. And in almost eerie detail, he attracted his now wife into his life. And, and I did that. I went, I looked in the, the mirror, the accountability mirror, and I thought, Am I the person I want to be? Not just in terms of business, but you know, from a business point of view, would I transact with myself? Am I someone that um, is um, capable of raising millions of pounds in private investment? Am I someone that um, to be proud for my children to be proud of? Am I living my best life? And the answer to that question was no. And I went to war with myself to become that person. And that's that's an ongoing challenge. But I think that, you know, how, how I've, if you look at who I was three years ago, it's very, very different to the person I am now. If you look at the person I was six months ago, the landscape is very different. And actually doing these podcasts is a, it's a great reminder sometimes to listen to a previous one. You think, bloody hell, you know, look how much I've evolved, even within a very short space of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but other books that have really resonated with me, um, David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me, it's, I'm very much about accountability. You know, no one's coming to fucking save you. This is the reality. Nobody's fucking coming to save you. Tony Robbins ain't coming to save you. Gary Vaynerchuk's not coming to save you. No one's coming. You, when you wake up in that morning, when the alarm clock goes at 5 a.m. and you, you don't want to get out of bed, you want to hit snooze, nobody is coming to save you. That shit is on you. And I think when you really start to take that deep level of accountability, um, then that's when the shit starts to happen. That's incredible. When you were saying it, you were giving me goosebumps because I'm I'm a very guilty of snoozing and pressing the snooze button sometimes. <laughs> so when you said that was like bad Lenka. <laughs> You said you reminded me now of exactly like Rocky saying it. It's not a how hard you get hit. Yeah. <laughs> you meant it. Nice. It worked. It worked. I got goosebumps all over my body. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned Jim Rohn, and it's a clever man, as he said as well. That don't wish it was easy. I wish you were better. Oh, Lenka, that's my favorite saying. I say this every single day. I, I, I really do because it's not. This is not easy. I am not sat here. Yes, we have done phenomenally well. I'm very proud of what we achieved. But we are still dealing with shit day in, day out. You know, some of my, my answers may not have been as clear and today I felt myself going off a few tangents. I'm recovering from, from COVID. You know, we've just had our fire protection business. We've got multiple businesses. We've just had a half a million pound contract pulled with three days notice. You know, we're frantically trying to redeploy your staff and trying to make sure that we don't need to make any redundancies and things like that this is this week so much stuff is 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 continually happening and that's why the Jim Rohn quote is 
is so powerful. So I certainly don't want to, to sit here because the bigger you get, I don't want to just say cliche after cliche, but this, this like the bigger you get, the bigger your problems get. But when I look at the things that may have stressed me out six months ago, 12 months ago, three years ago, it's like, bloody hell, is that all I was worried about, you know? And as we learn and as we evolve, the challenges just get bigger because we are continuing to grow, we're continuing to develop, we're continuing to, to push ourselves. And I'm a great believer, and it doesn't always feel like this when you're in the, the depths of despair, you know, we, we, we all have our low moments, but I truly believe that these obstacles, these challenges, should we be willing to accept them, they provide us an opportunity to, to grow. You know, this, this company that's withdrew our, our, our contract within with three days notice, what are the learnings from that? How can we make sure that we are protected as a business so that situation never happens again? How can we make sure we're more ethically aligned when we're going into business with people? Um, you know, the, the, there's things that you can continually to do. I, I spoke about, uh, I did a post earlier on about we, we had a billionaire investor. We structured the deal over the course of 12 months that this, this one funding partner was literally going to fund 100% of our property projects. Acquisitions, refurbs, it'd be with solicitors, it'd be going back and forth. We'd really ironed out the nuts and bolts of this um, agreement. And then the Friday before Boris locked us down, they withdrew everything. They withdrew everything. They didn't even pick up the phone to tell us. We got an email. We had 10 properties going through at the time. We had no means of funding them at that point. But this is it. This is the whole thing. Don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. These are the kind of challenges. What are the learnings from that? Well, how ridiculously stupid were we to put all our eggs in the one basket? We will never leave ourselves in a situation where we're that vulnerable again. But you know what? I, I, I remember collapsing to my knees. I remember bursting into tears and uh, I said out loud, there was only me in the kitchen. And I said, how many times do I need to pick myself back up? And this is a testament to how far my mindset is involved because within two to three minutes, I, I was back on my feet and I, I said out loud, however many times it fucking takes. I picked up my phone, I started ringing around everyone. Uh, all these years of me speaking at networking events for free, talking about mindset mainly, not, not about raising finance, the amount of Zooms I've done helping people out without expectation, you know, the, the amount of goodwill I put out there. I was ringing around people, literally, this is no word of a lie, I was saying billionaires backed out, we're looking for investment, do you want to back us? People were saying yes, Put, right, great, I'll be in touch, next person, billionaires backed out, we're looking for finance, can you help? Absolutely, Ellie, what do you need from me? Phone down, nice. next one. I raised 500 grand within 20 minutes, now I could have raised a lot more. We only needed 500 grand. So it was, uh, we turned the, it's turning the pain into power. And that, that's the key to business, to life. This isn't necessarily property specific because like you say, these challenges are going to keep happening. There's things that are out of our control. We've got global pandemics. We've got things that blindside us. You can't prepare for every eventuality. Yeah, you can prepare for a recession. We thought we were preparing for a recession, not a global pandemic. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I, I think it's, I think it's been honest about the struggles. I think it's about taking the learnings from them. I think it's using these obstacles as an opportunity to grow because a lot of people will get taken out of the game with that. It's not for the faint-hearted. You know, we're trying to do all that. Plus, we've got three young children, and this is just one of our businesses. We've got another two businesses. It's 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 not easy. It's absolutely not easy. But we're starting to carve a life on our terms, and I think the 
the more you start honing and finessing this and the more you're uh, more successful you become in terms of like the assets and money in the bank and the more you can start building your team and leveraging things and taking pressure uh, you know pressure off yourself and buying back a bit of time and um, you know the, the the easier that becomes and the more that the highs start to uh, outweigh the lows because the reality is as much as we talk about leveraging at the start you're wearing all the hats you don't you know nobody sets up a business and takes on like 20 staff or you know multiple premises or the things that we've kind of got going on just now you're the one that's taking the calls doing the viewings and um, trying to project manage the refurb speaking to the finance broker speaking to you know the solicitors and everything <laughs> not making coffees <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow that's the thing Ellis like you said the challenges will keep go keep coming and if you as you and exactly as you said that as you grow your problems will grow with you as well I mean with the, with the business and if you don't know how to handle the little stress which seems very big when you're there if you don't learn how to if you don't know if, if it's gonna be much harder to cope with the with the future or also people say with the success if you don't know how to handle success how are you gonna um, ha handle no how, if you know with the, with the with the issues, if you don't know how to handle the problems, how are you going to handle the success? Isn't it? It's, the, it's just linked together, and it's, and it's like as you naturally grow, you get more and more problems. And as you said, it when you had the the moment when you feel really really low again, and then you were like, hold on a second, no, I'll pick myself as many times as I need to. That was a huge moment probably for you when you were like, oh wow, that changed so much that maybe what three years ago you would continue really low when you met you what a different mindset isn't it and this is this is where you grew and it made you even stronger and that was a beautiful moment where you said it again i had the goosebumps i'm having goosebumps pretty much the whole time <laughs> <laughs> I, I, honestly like i like i, I feel like what, what, something that i'm hugely passionate about is that your business can only grow at the same extent that, that you do which is why I'm far more passionate talking about this kind of thing than, than I am about the nuts and bolts of property deals because I, I, I this, this isn't just the woo woo happy clappy stuff because you know I, I do need to emphasize the point you've got to be bloody good at what you do you know you've, you've got to know your numbers you've got to be good at building relationships with the right people you've got to have access to developments and opportunities that other people don't have you need to master your craft whether that's you know the art of raising finance or whatever it may be you have to be shit hot you can't just go manifest all this shit and then not back it up so i'm a great believer in the law of attraction and self-development but that needs to be coupled with the law of action and if you're not shit hot then like i say you're going to become unstuck very quick if your projects are constantly going you know over time or over budget or you've um, you, you've mucked up the numbers and your end market values are, are all out and you're not repaying your investors back when you're meant to um, that business model is never going to survive you know with, with the, no amount of personal development is going to come and save you at that point and as much as I'm a huge advocate I listen to a lot of podcasts I listen to a lot of books I listen to industry specific content and um, there's no there's no replacement for doing fucking work and I think I need to say that because sometimes when I talk on social media and talk about podcasts I do talk about all the fluffy stuff but I tell you what it's like the amount of work that we do to make sure that we've always got you know 15 16 projects on the go at any given point it's not for the faint-hearted we are spinning a lot of plates sometimes we drop it through we drop a few um, and, and one thing i will say as well actually for your listeners is be transparent about the 
the failures. People really resonate with that because it's not all rainbows and unicorns. And we, we had one of our HMOs last summer where we were in an unfortunate position. We had to sack the builders midway through. Now, we did not do that lightly, but we kept turning up on site. They just weren't there. They basically got awarded a big NHS contract and they just left us. They were doing a few different projects for us at the same time and they just weren't present. And we, we had crisis meeting after crisis meeting and it got to the point where we were just getting so far behind. We had to bring it in-house. Now, that was a complete nightmare. We were open and honest with our investor who's based over in Dubai. Um, and we shared that on social media. We shared the reason we took the decision, the learnings from it and, and, and what we were doing differently but then we we're also sharing with people how we resolved the problem how we turned the project around how we got it over the line you know we turned it around so quickly and um, we attracted more investors off the back of that video than any of our other video walkarounds we got more inquiries with people because people want to know that we were all aware that the shit can hit the fan that can happen people want to know how you're going to respond how you're going to deal with it you know, are you somebody that's going to crumble under the pressure or are you going to step up and lead um, and, and yes yeah, so um, it's it's sharing the the mistakes because there's always mistakes you know we take responsibility for, for everything we hired that builder that is on us we take full ownership of every property if we hire a project manager and they're crap which has happened by the way not once not twice not three times four times wow. you know we take the learnings every single time and you make sure that you're you're stepping up and we share that so openly sometimes arguably i'm too open but you know what that's that's how i prefer to do business because it's um i love social media but it can frustrate the hell out of me as well because there's uh, a lot of people creating a false reality out there and you're in property you know the challenges you know that we, we continue to face on a daily basis um, and yeah, we have had huge success. We have, you know, I'm very, very proud of what we're trying to achieve. Some of the developments now that we're appraising, you know, we're, we're really scaling. We're looking at multi-million pound developments. Um, but that's, um, yeah, it's not for the faint hearted. It's not, it's not easy. It's, it's, I mean, if, you, if you're not prepared to um, be pushed and pulled apart and go up and down and up and down, and when you feel like everything is perfect, and then something, if you're not, and, and then things gonna go wrong. If you're not prepared for that, the game is not for you. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's absolutely incredible what you guys achieve in such a short period of time. Honestly, it's, it's just unbelievable. And you've been, you, you've been pretty much using a social media, which is free platforms to actually create it all this, isn't it? Isn't that just fantastic? What it shows that what, what, what tools we have these days. And it's just not everybody can, not everybody taking the right advantage of it or using it the right way. Like for example, the social media, the, the way you used it, it's just incredible. So it's like, yeah, and it's a free, the free platforms, isn't it? It's just the way how you use it. I mean, people like, this is why you've been very clever with, with your property name as well, Link of, Link's Property, because people follow individuals over companies and that's been evidenced time and time again. If you look at Richard Branson, he has millions of followers, but Virgin only has a few hundred thousand. And that's exactly the same with Elon Musk. If you look at him, he's got millions and millions of followers. Tesla, a few hundred thousand. People want to know the person behind the, 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 the sort of, this corporate facade, I think, is a thing of the past. And the biggest challenge I see for a lot of business owners is they've still got that disconnect between themselves and their own company. They would prefer to, to promote the business over themselves and uh, 
as much as I, I fully respect why that's a challenge for a lot of people, I do think that people are um, wasting a huge opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I very much agree. It's, it's showing yourself who you are. So if you want to do business with this company, that the company attracted you because of XYZ, because of what it's doing or producing, whatever, but the, prop, the company it's run by you. So and if you want to work with the company, you need to work with me. So you need to know me. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's linking itself well together. And you're doing it very, very well, Ellie. Um, Oh, Ellie, this is, I'm having such a lovely, lovely chat, uh, chat with you, but everything has to eventually come to the end. But I have to ask you a couple more things. I always, you already mentioned, um, you've been already giving, uh, you were giving amazing tips all, all the whole interview. But I always ask uh, at the end of the episode, what would be the top three tips from Ellie for anybody, especially who are starting out? Because this, this podcast, this, this show is created mainly for the beginners who are starting out and seeking for some inspiration and help. So what would be your main three top tips from Ellie? So I think it always starts with, with the mindset. Be very careful um, who your circle of influence is. Um, because I, I always like to get around people that are further down the path that I want to, to travel. Um, taking property advice from skin Auntie Sue down the pub, um, who's still banging on about Brexit and everything else, um, you know, is, is not necessarily going to be advantageous for you. So, yeah, make, make sure that you're um, putting the right content, fuel your brain with educational podcasts, get around people that are further down the path you want to travel. Um, and yeah, mentorship, training, I'm a huge advocate of that. That would definitely be my, my second tip. Um, and, and also build your online presence. Let people know who you are. I said it earlier in the podcast and it's, it's probably the most powerful thing I can leave your, your listeners with. Um, it's not what you know, it's not who you know, it's who knows who, you. Who knows you. It's who knows you. So, so, so be visible, be valuable and be yourself. And so this is really, really, I love the one that you said as well, all of them. But when you said the one, the, the one in the end and about who knows you, not many people say it these days yet. Usually people still say it's not about who, who you know, but who, uh, what was the original one? It's not about what you know, but who you know. And yeah. um, even like my last podcast episode, uh, my last guest was using this expression and I finished it with, but it's about who knows you at the end. And it's, and it's like the newer, which is that it's, that it's really nice to hear that because it's not, 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 not many people still using that expression. So it's really lovely. Um, love your tips, of course. Amazing. Um, and Ellie, I also ask, you already mentioned as well some books, but I, uh, this is one of those things I always ask as well. Um, what would be a book from Ellie McKay to, to, to read for the listeners or listen to? What would be your, your the book to go to? David Goggins can't hurt me. It's got to be your. Yeah. You also do like tough matter. You lo you love your sport. You go for runs as well. Do you? you are, well, you are like COVID nineteen got in the way of uh, my. I was meant to be doing tough matter last Saturday, so I'll, I'll be there next year with bells on. But again, you know, like to you in terms of the the fitness, I am not trying to profess to be some sort of fitness guru. Absolutely not. But what I will say is that this time last year, I was struggling to run a couple of miles. Um, and since then, I've done multiple half marathons. I've done a 15 and a half mile endurance event. I've done the 
the David Goggins four by four by by forty challenge. I'm you know signing up for things like Tough Mudders, which we'll get to do next year, and um, I'm about to embark on a three hundred and sixty five um, day running challenge where I'm going to run five k for a full year for children's charities. Um, for me, I've avoided it for for a lot of years, uh, but as somebody who still struggles with mental health, right? This is not something that you can just be fixed. This is something that you need to be mindful of every single day. It's very important for me to look after myself emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Um, so yeah, I've noticed um, just in this last couple of weeks since I've not been able to train because of COVID, a, a huge difference in the mental health. So looking forward to, to getting back out there and taking responsibility, taking ownership. Amazing. It's as you said. It's like you're looking after. You have to look after everything. So the mind, the, the the mind and the spirit, the spiritual part of you and all that. It's so important. And you, yeah. As I said, you're just such an inspiration. <laughs> With everything, everything, including the including the um, the sport, um, the health part. You know, when it comes to the fitness part. Sorry, I mean, it's like you just give an example. The last year you barely ran two miles, and now what you what you can achieve. It just shows exactly your tip. Top tip number one is the mindset, isn't it? Start with the mindset. And I loved, I think I'm going to now picturing you. I'm, that's going to sound weird, but you'll see what I mean. I think I'm going to picture you now every morning when I'm, when I'm about to press the snooze button. I'll be like, no one's coming to save you. Get up. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be seeing you now when, in the mornings before I press the snooze button. I was like, don't do it, Lance. Don't press the snooze button. It's just just another little powerful tip you know it, it's about um so so okay here, here's another couple <laughs> trying to wrap up yeah. <laughs> so it's it's taking that consistent action okay because it's not to compare yourself to others because if you're somebody struggling to run a mile there's no point comparing yourself to ultra runners it's not helpful it would be detrimental to your own journey but decide what your own goal is and then take daily action towards that. You don't need to go from naught to 100. That is not always sustainable. It's about being the best version of yourself, whatever that means to you. You're the only one that can define your own success. But it's, you know, every day, just make sure that you're moving towards your goal, whether that's a baby step or whether that's a gigantic leap. It doesn't matter. But it's doing something every single day because the compound effect of taking that daily action will transform your life. You know, I didn't go from not being able to run two miles to just doing a half marathon. I, I stuck to a training plan. I was consistent. I did it on the days that I didn't want to do it because let's be honest, we all just want to sit around and watch Netflix some days. I'm naturally a very lazy person, but it's I'm accountable oh. to my <laughs> do something every single day, no matter how small, that's going to move you towards your goals. Absolutely. This is the thing. That was the important when you said that, on the days when you don't feel like it that's the thing isn't it and it's like yeah you can you can be very ill that's a very different story yeah like you actually have a real real excuse but yeah on the day when you just don't feel like it this is when it's making you stronger so yeah great fantastic oh Ellie, this was this was amazing tips beautiful tips all the all the way long and um, now Ellie, oh um, um, and now can you just tell the listeners where they can find you if they want to when they not if of course they will want to follow you <laughs> where because we know you are on social media we know your name so is that how you found where, where, where we can go to find you yeah I, I'm on all the main platforms really LinkedIn Instagram Facebook but yeah my podcast is called on a mission you'll be to get it downloaded on um, all the 
Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, etc. We have a YouTube channel if you want to see any of our property videos or um, any of the, the interviews that I've done in video uh, video format. So yeah, um, most places. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And on the mission, for those who's listening to this podcast, definitely Guy goes, goes and check it out. Ellie, you are incredible host. You're a fantastic interviewer. And uh, yeah, I, I love your podcast. So yeah, the, the fact is that now I have you on my podcast. It's a real privilege. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, you know when you follow someone for a while you are like my star and it's like I have my star on my podcast now <laughs> so yeah so definitely guys go and check her out um, this is amazing I mean Ellie thank you so much for coming today I could be talking to you for hours and hours and hours um, definitely and uh, yeah as I said you're inspiring many and you're inspiring me every single day and as I said that you are now going to I really think that this is going to help me as well now with my morning routines to go back to my morning walks, which I want to start again, which I used to do. Um, but I have the, because I'm a night owl, so I'm naturally up in the evening, so I struggle in the mornings. Now I'm going to hear your voice. <laughs> and, and when I do it seven days in a row, I'll text you and say, right, new routine is done, and now I just need to continue. <laughs> yes, brilliant. I love the accountability. I'll be waiting for that now. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, your voice is going to be my accountability now, <laughs> kicking me out. Thank you. Ellie. I just want to say thank you for having me on. I think you're doing some amazing stuff, and I think your podcast absolutely phenomenal. So it's great to be able to share a platform with a fellow female powerhouse. Now I just know big things are coming your way. Oh, thank you, Ellie, and absolutely likewise. And I know you. Now I know you guys are going to reach. Not now you are reaching stars. You're going to reach for the universe. <laughs> you're going to go fast. So, guys, yeah, thanks for inspiring us. Thanks for coming on the show. And um, yeah, have a lovely, lovely rest of the day. And I hope I'll have you on the show one day again. Thanks, you. Bye. Bye, Ellie. Bye. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Hope you found it useful and see you all very soon.